Welcome back to Paranormal Roundtable. I'm your host, Josh Turner, and with me is my uh, guest and, of course, my co-host, Martin Nunley. And we got a lot to talk about, so let's jump right back into it and let's uh, let's continue. Thank you. A couple of things when you were saying that about demons manifesting in physical form. Yeah, that, that's creepy, and it happens. Um, there was a time in Holmes County, one of my first incidents that I knew something is like, this is really messed up. I was in the, uh, we had a mud room when you came out of the garage. It was a small room with a uh, closet and a washer and dryer and a utility tub. And I always put the cat's litter box in the closet and the their food dish and water dish was in that room. So we had gotten, we had this cat, Moses, he was a big cat. And then we had gotten this kitten named Zoe. And Zoe was a calico cat, super cute. And um, I'm putting food in their dish. And now my wife at that time, she was already up in bed and I'm getting ready to go to bed. So I'm, I, I put food in their dish. And as soon as I put the food in the dish, Zoe comes running into the room and runs over and starts eating. And I looked right at her and I thought, how cute. I put the food away, walked out of the room. She's still in there eating. I walked through the house, walked into the foyer. I turned to go upstairs and there's Zoe sitting on the top step staring at me. And I was like, that's impossible. That is impossible. She was in, that had to be Moses I saw. I swore it was Zoe, but it had to be Moses. So I walk up the stairs, walk past Zoe across the landing, open the bedroom door, and there's Moses sleeping on the bed with my ex-wife. Now, how in the world, you know, I saw a physical solid form. One of those two cats wasn't wasn't really Zoe, you know. Either the one at the top of the stairs or the one that was in the room eating. But uh, I, when, when I told her, my, my wife at the time, when I told her about it, I was like, I have to tell her, but she's going to think I'm crazy. And I told her what happened. And she said, oh, don't even tell me that. Don't even tell me that. She said, there's times when, when I'm at home alone and you're at work and I'm downstairs on the elliptical and I will see Moses run past out of the corner of my eye. And I think there's Moses. And then I remember he's upstairs and we, the door's shut and we don't let him in the basement and he's not there. So like, then. Like a sound, Pat. Yeah. One, I was wondering, one, Patrick. Go I ahead. Have a question for you, if you don't mind. Go ahead. So I was wondering if you have any knowledge of or experiences with any of these um, almost curses that involved in humanoid creatures like Bigfoot or Dogman or Goatman. Not that I can think of off the top of my head, like directly like that myself. Um, I can tell you uh, there is a satanic meeting site and it's them doing it. It's their property. And if there's a valley, there's a valley. And if you watch my trailer for Nightmare in Holmes County, it's on YouTube. I, I take you right into that valley and show it to you. So and, and again, there was a shed like what you were mentioning about uh where they used to do animal sacrifices and all that and it's burnt down now but i i go right to where the sheds that pile of rubble with it's all charred and i stand right on it and show you know the viewer this is what was going on here but the creepy part in that in that area it's called panther hollow it's a 
a long winding road. He goes down through a valley and all this Satanism is done in that valley. And a friend of mine that showed, told me about the place and then took me there. He gave me a picture that is, um, it's in the new, the second edition of Nightmare in Holmes County. It's in there. And he and his brother and a couple friends went out there. And I believe it was like right around, it was right around for sure, summer solstice that year that they took the picture. And they were on the road and it goes through the valley and they could see a burning pentagram off in the field. And there were people standing around it like in, in, in dark robes. And so they took a picture of it. Well, they get out of there then and they're driving. And uh, my friend Christian, his brother calls him and he says, hey, um, pull over. I have to because they were in two different cars. He says, I have to show you something. He, get, he, he pulls over and his brother comes and shows him the picture. And he said, this was the picture that should have shown the burning pentagram. There's no burning pentagram. At the very bottom of the picture, you can see like the, the uh, weeds and that growing along the side of the road. But everything else is black. And on the left hand side of the picture, you can see a weird little symbol that I like. It looks like a, it almost looks like a snake with a horse's head. And it, it looks like it doesn't belong in the picture. But I also know that 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 symbol is from Mesopotamia and all kinds of demonic stuff that they did in in, in, in Mesopotamia, which also goes into some of the weird stuff with the uh, I think it's called the sixth and seventh books of Moses or something like that. They're witchcraft books, and they claim that Moses wasn't a prophet of God. He was a magician. These books are highly demonic. I, I, I read through one of them and I was like, it's flat out telling you how to conjure demons. So I suspect that's what they were doing because there's this weird little symbol in the picture. But then you see there's a place where that looks like it's lighter and it's a larger area and it's lighter. So they lighten the picture. You know, you can just hit the lighten button on like software and it'll bring more light into the picture. There is a face. And it looks spiritual, like it's morphed, but plain as day, you see the eyes, the nose, the forehead, the mouth. So where there should have been a burning pentagram, something blocked that out, and you could see its face on the left-hand side of the picture. Hmm. That, that's not like a, a, a uh, inhumanoid. That's it's just flat-out a, a, a demonic spirit that got caught on the film, you know, but... Um, I, I, I mean, I totally believe in that stuff you're talking about. I mean, there's enough evidence that, and I mean, there's sane people that have witnessed these things, you know? Well, I think cryptid is right. a bad term for him. That's why Martin, you know, he, he coined the term for me in humanoid. And of course, you know, our friend Albert Rosales, he calls them humanoids or inhumanoids and um, that's really what they are. I mean, you know, like Dogman, like our, our, our other friend, Ken Gerhardt, he, he, he made a post one day that just set off a firestorm of like, just, you know, he said, Dogman is not a crypt. It's not a cryptid because cryptids are creatures that get are like, they're like, uh, animals, you know, like the undiscovered species of animals, cryptozoology. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, natural yeah. animals, right? Yeah, natural animals, and he said Dogman's not. It's like a supernatural being, and a bunch of people went crazy. But 
the truth as the truth. I mean, you know, to me, they, they exhibit supernatural qualities that scream Nephilim or demon. Um, you know, and and I'll tell you right. something. Um, uh, what you're talking about being in, in like when you record with people and stuff, weird stuff happens. Like literally, uh, this is the second time it's happened. I've been sitting here and in the front room, I keep seeing somebody's like head pop out from around the corner. And it's happened three times, two or three times. Now, I guess three, that's the third what? one. Can you tell like what color it is? It's black. That's not good. No, it's not <laughs> good. It's like brownish black. Um, which is, you know, and one day I was sitting here, I was recording and I thought I saw somebody walk to the restroom, which goes in front of the studio. And I'm like, what the heck? And, and Anthony, uh, who's the only one that was in the studio, he was actually, uh, down the street getting some food. So it wasn't him. And I'm thinking, you know, but I'm recording, you know, and I was like, well, I'm not going to stop the recording to go deal with what I know is not a person. So it's, you know, but I'll tell you something. I was in the studio one night and I told you this, uh, Patrick and, and Barton, um, I was dealing with a show in episode 130. It's called The Brazilian Exorcist. And I, I had done some work on that. And when I first went into that, to, to do that, to research that and investigate that, I did it with trepidation. And my wife was like, well, you know, you need to be really careful. And she didn't really want me doing it. She didn't want me really uh, researching it or doing it. So I had a friend of mine um, that speaks Portuguese because he's from Brazil. And I've known him for probably 15 years. So I got him to translate for me um, for this interview. And this woman who's now like, you know, she, I guess she's my age or whatever, but when she was a little kid, she witnessed, um, an exorcism. And this woman that was, that was having all this stuff happen, you know, she was contorting, you know, and then there was another guy that was doing it. He, he was the one, like, I think he was the one that got her involved in this, uh, Santeria, Brujia, whatever. And they were turning themselves into wolf-like shapes and, and contorting their bodies. All kind of, It was crazy. Um, well, I'm sitting there listening to all this, and I said, hey, I, I'm recording, you know. And I said, hey, I got to take a, take a break, you know. I'm, I'm trying to get their, their information, you know, for the show because, you know, it would have been hard to try to, like, make the show where, like, he's translating for, for her or whatever. So I just said, you know what, I'll take the story and I'll just retell it so it flows, you know. And so I, I stopped and I took a break. And when I went to the restroom, um, I hear the the suite next door to me, uh, I hear talking. And it was like 11 o'clock at night and there was nobody in this office park. So I go out to and this office park. It's kind of weird how it's made. It's like a Spanish style and it's got like a courtyard with like a, a, a fountain, whatever. So I walked out into the court, into the middle of the, and I looked and I went around and all the doors were, were everybody was, all the doors were, were, uh, the lights, let's put it that way. Nothing was illuminating from any of the doors. It was like completely dark. So I walked out to the parking lot nobody's out there. And so I walked by the, the, the suite next door and I looked in and I, through the glass door, didn't see anybody. And I'm like, that's weird. Maybe there's some people working late, you know? So I come back inside the studio and I and I got back on the the the, the do, doing the work with them or whatever and listening to this woman's story. Um, then I hear this bumping against the wall, and I thought and it was very pronounced and I I have soundproofing on, on that wall, um, but I could hear it and I could hear a language being spoken and I speak several, and it was nothing like I've ever heard and and I can understand uh, enough to communicate in several languages. 
Um, and I've researched a lot of different languages and I'm like, how, what is that? And it wasn't, I could tell you this, it wasn't Latin, Hebrew, it wasn't Aramaic or and it wasn't, um, any of these kind of languages. Um, it wasn't anything like that. It wasn't, um, Arabic and, and it wasn't Russian. It wasn't any of the Eastern Slovakian languages. It wasn't a Nordic language. It wasn't Germanic. It wasn't, uh, Celtic. I don't know what it was. I've never heard anything like it in my life. And it was like a male, it was like two deep voices, but one, for some reason, I just knew one of them was like a male and one of them was a female. And it was like they were arguing. And the best way I can describe it, it sounded like that. And then wow. that was like the female voice. And then the, what I took to be the male voice was like, like it was like that. And then it was like, it was like that. And I was like, what in the hell is that, dude? And so when I'm, when I'm in the restroom, I'm like, I kind of have my ear to the, to the wall, right where my head was. I hear a boom, like, like somebody had punched, like it knew I was there. And so I backed up and then I hear this sliding going across, like, like you can hear somebody sliding on the other side of the wall. Yeah. And I was just like, it, it freaked me out so bad. I just came back in and I said, hey, we're going to have to continue this on another day. <laughs> I'm, I'm done. I'm not going to, you know. And so I left the studio. The next day, one of the girls is like a, it was like a nail place, whatever, like the, not nails. Uh, they do uh, uh, like threading or what is it, eye, uh, eyelashes, eye, all that kind of stuff, you know. So I asked the girl, she's standing outside smoking a cigarette. And I was like, hey, I was like, I have a question for you. I was like, you know, I have a show and I do um, next door. And I just, I heard somebody in your office, you know, like, like 11 o'clock last night. And she was, she, she was the only one that was uh, from here. Like the other, other uh, women that worked there were, were immigrants. Um, but she was like, she was like, no, she's like, we, we're, we're gone by like eight, eight o'clock at the latest. And she's like, if there's anybody ever, if you hear anything, it's not us. You know, I don't, I don't know where, what it was. Well, a couple days later, I was coming back into the studio, and I'd already finished working on the project or whatever, and um, I was getting ready to record with a, with an interview. Uh, and, and so this girl tells me, she's like, you know, she's like, dude, I am really freaked out. After you told me what you told me the other day, she's like, I've been noticing weird stuff like happening in our office, in our studio. And I, I don't know if if it has something to do with me what, what what this woman was saying in portuguese or what you know i have no idea if if that if but why it chose to go to that side i have no idea but it was just it was really really freaky and it freaked me out and since then we've all had weird experiences in this studio and we've had things happen now on, on and barton can attest to this um, on one of my live streams, there was like a wolf's face, sort of like it, like it looked. It, a lot of people say it looked like a wolf's head, like materialized, kind of like behind me. Um, I've had lights come off and on while I'm on the show. Barton has seen it, um, and then yeah. Barton has heard the wolf howl when I had strange Steve Stockton noises. on. Yeah. Strange noises, weird stuff, and then you know, my wife was here one time and she heard like this weird crackling popping noise and it was like, it was coming from the midair. And then we've heard voices, you know, um, me and my godson and my friend Scorpion, we all heard like a voice when we were walking out of the studio one day. I was like, what was that? And then, you know, me and Anthony, my, my nephew were in here one time and, and we were standing there and, 
we heard like a snapping, popping noise, and it was like, what is that? We couldn't figure out where it was coming from, and it was just like, I mean, we don't have rats. I know that. I mean, um, and then my other nephew, you know, he came into the studio one time, and he thought he saw something moving in in the in the front room, and which I've seen, you know, um, many times, you know, and I don't know if maybe doing that case, you know, touched something off. I don't believe that it's like from that case, but I think that it's it's kind of like uh, when you open Pandora's box, you know, it just kind of doesn't close, you know, and so. But I'm not going to be. I'm not going to live my life in fear. You know, I'm not afraid of it because that's that's a food energy source for it. It's just giving it life by making, you know, you're afraid. And so, you know, I'm just like, you know what? I rebuke you in Jesus' name. I'm not worried about this. I'm not going to sit here and let my, uh, you know. And then if you start imagining in your mind, which just makes things worse because that's, the, you know, that just that just feeds it. You know, you're giving it energy. And so I'm just like, I'm not going to give in to it. And, um, <laughs> oh, go ahead. I have, to, I have to throw this out there. Like, okay, this this isn't like a uh, inhumanoid thing, but it's interesting. Okay, so when, do you remember me? I, I mentioned that when the one guy that went to that uh, little weird church that came and came to my house and tried to help me, that, that he had had experiences at my house. Okay, so I'm going to tell you a couple, and the reason why is I'm, I want to get your take on these. Okay, so. The first time that guy came to my house, I was sleeping and um, he knocked on the door and then he just went and left a note on my car. So I went, when I went out to feed my dogs, I was like, oh, there's a, there's a note. And I read the note and I saw that it was from him and this guy had talked to him on the phone and he told me he would come and help me. So I was like, oh man, he was actually here. That's awesome. I feel like there's some, that's a good sign, you know? When I went back in the house, I had these uh, windows on the sides of my door, and I put all these pictures in the book so you can see what I'm talking about, but they're vertical windows on the sides of the door, and there's a steel frame around the windows, of course, and a steel door, and I had put uh, magnetic curtain rods at the top and bottom of those windows, and there was like a long, narrow curtain on each side because I got to the place where I really didn't want the Amish coming up and trying to look right into my house. So now those magnets are pretty strong. They're going to, they're, they're going to have no issue sticking to steel, right? When I came back in from getting that note for, that he left on my car, um, I was all, oh, great, I'll call him. I was happy, you know. I walked into my foyer, and the one side to the right of the door, the curtain was like all screwed up at the top of the curtain. So there's no way a cat did that because – it would have had to do it from the bottom of the curtain. The whole top, the whole curtain rod was moved. It was sitting at a weird angle. So, so, <clears throat> excuse me. So I called him and uh, I said, uh, I just had something kind of strange happen. And he said, well, let me tell you what, what I had happened first. He said, do you have a dog that howls like a wolf? And I said, no, I have a Rottweiler and a Beagle. Why were they barking when you were here? He said, no, no, this was not. This was not a, a, a regular dog. He said, when I got out of my car, I stepped up onto your porch and I could feel there's an evil presence there. And he said, um, I said something out loud like, you, you demons are going to leave this guy alone. And he said, um, I started hearing it sounded like a wolf howling. 
So there was no explanation for it. Well, so that's one story. Another one, I, this, and I share all the details of, of this in the book, but I mean, when I was in that, imagine being in that environment for that many years and being hopeless and feeling like you're in a nightmare you can't wake up from, you know, I got hopeless one day. I'm driving home and I was like, I give up. I said, God, if, if you want to deliver me in, out of this situation, that's fine. But I give up. I don't even care anymore. I can't, I, 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 you know, I can't take this anymore. I don't care. I give up. I'm done. And I walked into my house and walked into the foyer. I came in through the garage. I walked into the foyer and that um, I walked right past the front door, went upstairs, checked my answering machine in the bedroom, came out of my bedroom to get downstairs. And there was that curtain. Same exact thing. The top of the curtain was completely moved and the curtain rod was pulled over. So the magnet wasn't even sticking to the steel frame of the window anymore. It was hanging over the wood strip that went between that steel frame of the window and the steel door. So I was like, there's no way that, I mean, something physically moved that and pulled the magnet over top of the wood instead of the, I mean, that's impossible. And I was repenting real quick because I was like, I was kind of giving up. Like, I, 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 you know, I can't take this anymore. I'm done. I give up. And I was repenting like crazy because I was scared. And I went outside. I started, to, I took pictures of everything and I went outside and I was walking around. Now it gets even weirder. I'm walking around and I can hear a, an owl in the tree. There's a little, like a little tiny little straggly tree line that goes between the Amish neighbor's field right above my property and my yard. There's like a fence line and, you know, like the kind of trees that grow along a fence line. They're not big trees. I can hear an owl right by the house in the, in the fence line in the trees. I go right out there with a the flashlight. I can't find anything. Right right where the noise is coming from, there's nothing. Um, I took pictures. There were a lot of orbs in the pictures. But that night ended up being uh, Friday. It was November 13th, Friday, November 13th, 2009. And... You know, there used to be a guy who called himself a so-called expert on, on the paranormal, and he was supposedly a ex-Illuminati member. His name was Doc Markey. And I talked to him on the phone because I thought, well, he's an expert. I'm going to run this past him. I talked to the guy about 15 minutes, and I was like, not only is he not an expert, he's a fraud. He's full of crap. He does not know what he's talking Because I was like, I know, I know the things I know, I know, you know, and he doesn't know what he's talking about. And he told me that, that, that you know, owls aren't a symbol of anything bad and that uh, Friday the 13th is not a satanic holiday, all this nonsense. Well, as it turns out, ab absolutely, to, to American Indians, um, owls are a sign of a bad omen. And to Mexicans, too. Okay, so yeah. there you go. Mm -hmm. There you go. And That's the Lachusa, yeah. Yeah, I later so I have a long history going back into the ancient times of being the uh, uh, the ones who take the soul into the underworld. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So many culture. Then then like years later, I run into um, well, I met Russ Dizdar, who passed away about a year ago. Nice guy. Uh, very much into spiritual warfare and uh, deliverance ministry. Night, very nice guy. I feel bad he passed away, but 
I met him and his team. Um, we had we uh, sat down at a uh, IHOP or a Denny's or something one night. We all just hung out and ate and talked. It was pretty cool. And later, I happened upon a and I can't get into details where I met this lady, but one of the ladies from his team I ran into, and she was counseling, and she had the her she had this person she was counseling with her. And the person was having a very bad day because the person was a victim of generational satanic abuse. Like ritualistic satanic abuse from her generations in her family. And because of all the abuse, she had multiple personalities and all that. And, and a lot of the time I was around them, the girl was, you know, having it. She was very scared. The reason the girl was so scared, and, and I recognized the lady as being part of Russ's group. And that's when we started talking. And uh, the reason the, 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 the girl that she was counseling was having such a horrible day was that day was a satanic holiday. And she was a, like worried sick that her family was coming after her or sending something after her. So she was having a very bad day. And I asked that lady, we were talking and I said, Hey, do you know anything about, uh, Friday the 13th being a satanic holiday. And she said, why don't you ask her? She was raised in it. And I, I said, is Friday the 13th a satanic holiday? And she said, yes. And I thought, okay, so on a satanic holiday, and I'm living in a county full of Satanists and witches, uh, and, and I'm already so down it isn't funny. So I was you know, borderline giving up, you know. And then something in my house moves by itself, and then I hear an owl that there's no owl there. You know, that's no coincidence, I don't think, you know. No, I don't either. Um, the, fir the first thing I could tell you, I know that the, that the Friday the 13th goes back to the Templars. And that was the day that they were actually, um, I don't know what you, it depends on how you look at it. I guess the day of retribution for them because of all the bad things that they were doing. And they, they were, uh, punished you know um so yeah that that's that's the first thing i can tell you about friday the 13th um the templars were known to be to to be involved in um black magic and all kinds of stuff and and um it's it's they're they were just known for being uh, uh how do you say it like um not good guys, I guess. You know what I mean? They were like mercenaries. They hoarded money. They were they committed usury. They were involved in all kinds of stuff. Um, I know that another I know another thing that that Friday the Thirteenth is attributed to is it's called the Hammurabi. Um, I've read about it. It's like uh, the ancient Sumerians, and I guess you know they they believe that the number twelve was like. Uh, the perfect number, which, you know, it comes up in the Bible a lot during 12. And then, so 13 is kind of like the, the, it's like, uh, it goes against that. It goes against the grain. Um, because th there's supposed to be 12 disciples, you know, and the, the, the number 12 comes up over and over again. And I know that, um, the, the Knights Templar, they had a lot of influence and but they took a lot of their symbolism and stuff from ancient Mesopotamia. 
and they took a lot of their symbolism from um, the Sumerian culture, and they used those symbols because at the time when they were doing what they did, which was like in the the I guess the 14th century, um, they were at that point that was when they were at their the height of their power. Um, they th- there was a lot of ignorant people. You know, I'm of the opinion that civilization has risen and fallen many times, but during the medieval times, the dark ages, whatever, um, you know, we were very much uh, ignorant and there wasn't really much technology. Um, and it was a long, there were, there were decades of just, uh, uh, centuries, I should say of just darkness. And the medieval times w- was a time where, where, you know, lawlessness flourished and the Templars, uh, had amassed an, 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 an amazing amount of wealth. And they also had a lot of connections to black magic, sex rituals. They had blackmail dirt on all these different uh, monarchs. And um, they became money changers. And uh, it was just like they, they had a lot of power. And eventually the the monarchies kind of all came together and um, they went after them. And uh, so Friday the 13th was the day that they were, were put to, to trial and and ki- when they, after they were put to trial, the day that they were killed, they were burned at the stake, was Friday the 13th. That's when they faced their justice. And it, and it, it did seem kind of weird that when you, when you read about it, it seems weird that they actually themselves followed um <clears throat> like a lot of the the teachings of uh the code of of Hammurabi and 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 it's so it's in in and Hammurabi and, and code of Hammurabi is it's one of the the oldest um like uh I guess you would call it like a book I don't know if you would call it a book and I'm trying to remember everything I read about it but it was just it was basically like um, they followed that, and it was like it was from ancient times, and then it came full circle that they were actually punished because you know the thirteenth was celebrated by these cultures um, that came way before them, and so they would pay homage to it. And I think that whenever they were, um, you know, eventually uh, put to death, I think that was the whole point was to punish them on that day. Um, which was a day that they held in high esteem. And, uh, of course, it was October 13th. Um, I can't even – if you guys want to look it up or something, I'm not uh, – I can't do, use my computer. I know while I'm recording with this. But um, it, I think I, – I, if I remember correctly, it, it was October 13th in the, in the early 1300s. And I know that there was like uh, – there had been some like sort of like secret documentation – that had been given to, I think it was King Philip, whichever, whichever number he was of France. And then he, uh, basically had gone after them and he confiscated their property. Um, and, and it was disguised like he went after a few other groups at the same time. But I think that that was kind of a disguise. It was to mask what he was really trying to do, which was trying to stop the Templars um, and break their power um, because he, along with a lot of other monarchs, was in debt to them. And the Templars were, were very insidious in what they were doing. Now, if you look at them and the Rosicrucians and all these other orders, 
they never really went away. And it just kind of kept going up until the modern times, um, becoming one secret organization after another. And of course, Barton knows a lot about the Masons and what, and, and, and if anybody's listening and you're a Freemason, it's not too late. Okay. You can save yourself. Or I'm just kidding. What I'm, I'm joking. Right. What, what I'm saying is, <laughs> is like, once you get to a certain point though, uh, in Freemasonry, the rumor is that you go past the point of no return. And what I mean by that is the 33rd level there's a reason why it's the 33rd level. Now, Jesus was 33 when he died, and I believe it's another mockery. Um, just as when demons scratch you, a lot of times there's there's three. Yes. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, yeah. And all this is is really, um, I guess, you know, it, it's all symbolism. And so when yeah, you look d- at— demons are demons are very big on symbolism. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, and, and it's funny because in, in, in Christianity, there's things that are very symbolic and very powerful too, like communion symbolic of, you know, uh, Christ's sacrifice for us, you know? So, um, and, uh, and a cross is a symbol of you know, Christ's sacrifice for us, you know? So it, it, it kind of goes both ways to a point, but, um, demons are big. It's everything satanic's got all kinds of symbols for sure. It's all around our, our, our world, too. When you yeah. look at these... Right. So for every, for every sacred tenet of Christianity, there is an exact opposite yep. uh, for, for Satanism, right? Mm-hmm. You're right. Yep, absolutely. So for every creation of a God, there's a subversion of that creation. Absolutely. Yep. It's, you know? it, yeah. 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 And, and when so you... They can't counterfeit, if you will. Yeah. Look, look, at, look at Baphomet. Um, they were known to worship Baphomet. Now, if you follow uh, each each civilization down down the line, um, it goes all the way back to the Sumerians, you know, and and the deity changes, but it's still the same name. I mean, still the same you know entity. Um, some people call it Marduk, you know. Some people call him Moloch. Um, and then, of course, it becomes Baphomet, which is it's still the same thing. It's the same uh, goat headed deity. Um, the, the, and the Templars definitely uh, use that that uh, symbol. And of course, the goat head is the pentagram. So if they're doing a, a ritual on Friday the 13th uh, with a with with the pentagram, that is definitely uh, symbolic because. You know, the pentagram was the symbol of the goat head, which is Baphomet's head. And the Templars very much used Baphomet's head. And, of course, they were killed on Friday the 13th. Some people say it might have just been a twist of irony or fate, whatever. I don't think so. I think that it was they were made an example of. Um, because every now and then, though, the, the these elites, they'll punish one of their own to make it to put the veneer of like, you know, Oh, we're, we're, we're against this bad stuff when they're really not. They're just throwing one of their own under the bus that got a little out of hand and they couldn't cover for them anymore. So they just throw them under the bus. Um, you know, I mean, I'm not going to mention names or whatever, but think of a very powerful man who went to prison with the name W, um, you know, it rhymes with Einstein, but anyway, I'm not going to, I'm not going to mention this. So, you know, you think of that guy, you know, and, and so these elites, and then you see them, the actors, you know, which to me is, is, 
you know, there's this elite group of them and then there's these singers and they are, and I'm not talking about all of them. I'm talking about the big ones, you know, they're flashing this with the, with the, the, the circle with the three. Uh, yeah. So that, that's, that's, that means six, six, six. It's pretty obvious what they're doing. They think they're being cute. Like, Oh, look, we're, we're, you know, we're part of this, you know? Yeah. And, and they think it's cute because, it's kind of like, oh, I'm on the winning team, you know. I'm following the god of this earth, which we know is Satan or Shaitan, whatever. And yeah, so it's right. like, yeah, you're winning for now, but what's going to happen? Um, and I and I explained it like this. I, I had somebody tell me they were like they couldn't understand. Um, they, and I was explaining to him. I said, even if these evil uh, bastards were able to come back a thousand times. And let's say each time they live for a hundred years, I was like, that's still a drop in the bucket to eternity. It's nothing. You know, it doesn't matter. You can come back and be in these wicked players, these WPs and control these NPCs, these non-playable characters. They can keep coming back and do whatever they do, but it doesn't matter because God only has to win once and it's over. Just yeah, like, you know, yeah. I had this guy was telling me he was a, he was a, literally a daredevil. He was a stunt guy. He was, he was a, I didn't know him really well, but he lived in one of the properties I, I, I did security for. And and he was talking about, yeah, I've cheated death multiple times. And I, I told him, I said, yeah, but death's immortal and it only has to win once. Yeah. <laughs> and then there's no coming back. And so I told him, I said, yeah. And so he goes, well, that's why I quit doing it. And I was like, oh, good move. You know, but the, the point is, is like, you know, that's that's the issue. I mean, the, these these beings or whatever, they can commit all these horrible atrocities and all these things. Um, these humans, they do the same thing. What they're literally doing is going against the natural order of things. They think that they can stand in the river and make it flow the other way. They can't. It doesn't matter how powerful they are. They are still just sub subjects in this same matrix. And they can manipulate it, but in the end, there's only one power that's going to hold the keys. Yeah. And it's not them. Let me ask you what you think of this. Um, there's a pastor, um, I'm forgetting his name, oh goodness, he's a black pastor, he's actually really good, uh, Craig something or something, I cannot think of his name for anything, he's really good though, he says that every time, for every horror movie that is made, there has to be a sacrifice, and, and like every one that glorifies the devil, there has to be a sacrifice made. Now, I don't know if that's actually happens because people actually do it or if pe bad things happen to the people when they're making it. But you look at like these cursed films, like what they call like the exorcist, bad things happen to everybody working on that set. Poltergeist, you know, a lot of these movies, he said, if you look at every one of the horror movies, bad stuff always happens. Well, I haven't looked at all of them, but I mean, he's right to a point, but the one big one that really, I found extremely interesting. I'll put it like that. I had already heard this story and I haven't seen the movie, but I had already heard this story of the Foo Fighters recording an album in a haunted house. And we're like, it was legit and weird stuff would happen. And, and uh, it started off like there's, they would leave their stuff all set up when they went home and uh, they'd come back and things would all be messed with. And then they started putting like baby monitors in and they like, there was all kinds of weird stuff was going on. 
And it's a, it's a pretty creepy story. But they ended up making a movie about it. And the movie, to me, kind of looked like, man, why would you almost make it like a spoof comedy? Like, it's, it's you should have made it, like, based, you know, more to, true to real life, I think. But right after that movie came out, their drummer overdoses and dies. I mean, that's definitely a strange uh, coincidence. Well, look at Loch Ness, right. you know. Um yeah, when you when you look at uh, Led Zeppelin, I mean, you know, they thought it was cute to live there and do whatever. And of course, they've been accused of a lot of stuff and, and backmasking in their albums, which is real because if you actually play Stairway to Heaven backwards, it does. Uh, it's uh, don't go do it, folks. I'm just telling you, there's some interesting things going on. Um, right. You know, and, and 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 I was told too that I don't know if this is true. But uh, my brother was a musician, and he was in a band, and he was into black magic at the time. And he said that a lot of times you'll be singing the lyrics to whatever, and you don't realize that there's messages that are in there backwards. Like it, like it may not all be planned; it just comes out that way. And then if you listen to certain music, they're saying they're supposed to be saying one thing, but it comes out sounding something different. You know, I'll um, give you an example of that. Um... I, I used to think it was done purposely in the studio and it may be some of it is. By but, the producers. Yeah. What's that? Yeah. Oh, he said I, by I the producers. They definitely, cast their spells. they definitely cast their spells through music. Yes. Because yeah. uh, Satan is the, the God of music as well. Yep. But I was thinking, um, I, I wonder sometimes if some of it's done supernaturally and it's still subliminal. You're still going to hear it in your subconscious. But the reason I say that was uh, Queen. They had a live version of Another Run Bites the Dust. And the backward masking that was in the album version was also in the live version. Mm. Mm, that's well. Yeah, so it's kind of strange. Um, and I could see, like, I could definitely see them putting it in there on purpose. But I could also yes. see some of it being like demonic and supernatural too. Yeah, right. that would make I sense. With you, there, Patrick. What's that? And a lot of it's put in by the producers without the uh, actual musicians' knowledge. Oh, I'm sure. So I've, yep. I've heard several musicians uh, come out and say, "Well, you know, uh, when people play this song backwards, it says this and that." But we didn't have anything to do with that. Once we record the song, it's up to the studio to produce it and put it out. So a lot of things happen behind the artist's back. Yeah. Of course, a lot, of, sure. a lot of the artists are Satanists themselves, especially in the heavy metal, Yep. Um, you know, genre. But. And now it's, it's rap too. Yeah. I mean, oh, when rap, you look at a lot of them, that. like, like they rap, just come right out. Even subliminal. Yeah. Lil rap Nas. I mean, he's. Message at all. It's just, you can just listen to the, the lyrics yep. and hear the satanic, uh, yeah. mantras coming right out, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's crazy. You know but, what's what's you know. what's weird when when you do a dive into the Knights Templar, which a friend of mine, uh, Pete's like really big into that, and we've had long in depth conversations about the Knights Templar and and the origins of it. They were founded in in eleven nineteen. So if you do the numbers and you add three plus nine equals twelve, <laughs> you know. So twelve, like we said before, and if you take one plus two, it equals three. 
um, three is the number of the Trinity. And 12, I think, was was symbolic, too, in that way, because I think numerology has been around a long time. And I don't think it's a bad thing. I just think that the, 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 because it says ology at the end, it makes people think, oh, you're dabbling in some sort of weird whatever. I just think that numbers have a lot of – there's codes and a lot of power in numbers. What's with the 11-11? Well, the 11-11 uh, the is supposedly like an enlightenment thing. Um, like it's it's like the it lines up or whatever, 11-11. Um, I've had a lot of weird things like, uh, like I've, I've been, let me, let me tell you my experience with 11, 11. This is me personally, what's happened to me. Like I've been pondering things and literally maybe have prayed on something. Um, just it is in my experience. And then I've thought about it and thought, should I do this or not? And then I'll look at the clock and it'll be 11, 11 and I'll go forward with it. And it seems like it works out. So I didn't really know why I would see that number like all the time. I was like constantly seeing it. And so I asked a friend of mine who, uh, this had nothing to do with numerology, but I asked him, you know, what, what his opinion on it was. And he said that the meaning behind it was that everything lines up and it's supposedly a number of love and sp uh, like, uh, it's like an angelic or whatever. And there's like some sort of megahertz too that you can play. Um, I forgot what it is, like 111 or something. And it, 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 if you go to sleep to it, you know, he told me all this stuff. And I don't know. I haven't tried that. Um, but I know that, uh, that, that 111 and 1111 are supposedly like everything lines up. So if you see that whenever you're pondering or trying to do something, and so I did. But I didn't know what it was. It kept happening, and I would just look at the clock, and it would be eleven, eleven, and I'd be like, "Wow!" And and it's right when I'm thinking about something very strong, typically spiritually. Um, and when I see that, it makes me feel like, okay, maybe I should go forward. So I started. I did that. I started following my instincts on it, and it kind of it kind of worked out. Now, it's it, it is said that when you uh, see it that it, it it's basically putting you on notice that you're on the right path to whatever it is that you're doing and it, it is supposedly an, an the angel the number of the angels or whatever what what's interesting to me though is that that one and zeros are the codes you know for uh the computer codes like everything is like zeros and ones zeros and ones and i thought that was that was interesting i don't know but uh, four is not considered to be a lucky number. Um, and I'll tell you why. By a lot of cultures, uh, Chinese, for example, a very ancient culture. Of course, I'm not talking about the modern China because that's a whole other ball of wax. But what I'm talking about is politically. But what I'm talking about is the ancient Chinese culture, which basically had the strongest sphere of influence. And the second would obviously be Japan. But they had a strong influence in the Orient and the East, in the Eastern tradition, and they all tend to believe that four is an unlucky. Um, so, like, you go into certain restaurants and stuff, it's not so much anymore because they've kind of joined the West and the, the modern age and just kind of ignoring all these ancient traditions. But restaurants would only have, like, three chairs because three was considered a very good number. Four was not. And so when you take 13, 1 plus 3 equals 4. You know, 4 is considered to be not a, a good uh, number. 
And so I, I don't know, maybe that has also something to do with it. And another thing too that I was I was told about uh, Friday the Thirteenth was, you know, our 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 like Saturn, you know, the god Saturn. He's that we got the 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 the, the day of the week Saturday from him. Thor was Thursday. That's Thor's day. And then Frigga was what Friday was named after. And Frigga, I believe, is a Germanic or uh, it's uh, Scandinavian. It's it's either it's, – I think it's Scandinavian. Um, she's like a Viking uh, goddess or whatever. When Christianity took root, they they wanted the Scandinavians to denounce their, their paganism. And so they told them that, you know, Frigga – this is not someone to be honored because she was a witch. And so supposedly, you know, her and 11 other witches would consort with the devil. And I guess that added up to 13 because that's, that's her and 11, that's 12. And then it equaled 13. And so it, and it happened every Friday because it was her day. It was named after her. What's really, really weird to me was as Christians, uh, and even Muslims, I've talked to Muslims about this too. And it's weird that we, our, our calendars are, are like, you know, are named after you know, like Monday's moon day, you know, and Thursday's Thor's day and Friday is named after Frigga and Saturn is, 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 you know, Saturday. It's really weird because Saturn, it, it's like he was not the good guy. Saturno was not the good guy, uh, you know. Um, so it's, it's odd that Saturday is actually the Sabbath for some religions. Um, and it just, to me, that's really weird. I don't, I don't see how you would use a day named after, um, uh, sort of like, I guess the bad guy deity. Why would you make that your Sabbath? That doesn't make any sense to me. Um, and <laughs> well, then it wasn't called Saturday back then, brother. It was just the first day. So, so you know, the, the Gregorian child, uh, calendar changed the first day into the uh, seventh day. So that's the, right, so the, the, the Seventh Day Adventists they worship like the the ancient people did, uh, using Saturday yep. as the seventh day instead of the you know the six or whatever. Yeah, but that was all changed later on. But in the beginning, everyone knew that Saturday was the Sabbath day. Mm-hmm. The seventh day, like Sunday being the first, Saturday being the seventh. Mm-hmm. So that's where that's where that came about. And I think they're right. I honestly think they're right. Even though it was later called Saturn Day or Saturday, that's a corruption of. It's just like the Satanists do with everything. You know, they try to to take what's good and make it something evil. Yep. Yeah, and they've made Sunday the first day. Um, of of the week, which is right. really really bizarre to me. And when you look at a calendar, now I remember as a as a kid, and I, and I, and, I, and this gets weird. It gets into the Mandela effect and everything else. I don't remember calendars starting on the Sunday. When I was a kid, I distinctly remember calendars always. The day of the first day of the week was always Monday. And now the calendars are all on Sunday. But I believe that, that that was because at one time our calendars did – they did start on a Monday. Because I remember being in school and the calendars always were that way. Any calendar you looked at. But because the people that control everything 
observe the Sabbath, <laughs> that that's why that is now not the first day of the week. Sunday is. So, what is your take? What is your take on the Mandela effect? Um, I have one that I just I just witnessed the other day, and 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 I was I was with my my uh, wife and my nephew, my godson. We were up here at the studio, and we walked out, and we see this big picture window, um, on the apartment complex that you can see over the fence from my studio. And I'm like, do you, have any of y'all ever noticed that? And uh, been here for two years, two and a half years, whatever. And nobody could tell me that they remembered that. And everybody was like puzzled. They were like, what? And it's a big lit up window. And I'm like, yeah, when did that, which was a call, a, uh, a, uh, just basically all brick. And now it's a big window. To me, I think that, I mean, we're talking about Saturn and Saturna and whatever. Um, I think CERN, which is basically the Celtic god of mischief, um, they've opened up uh, the abyss, and I believe that they have jumped us timelines. And I think it's been going on for quite some time. And the, 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 you, you as a person, like one individual, cannot convince the world that things aren't the way because they're, they're like, no, it's not. I'm looking at it right there. The VW symbol's always been separated with the, with it through the middle. No, it hasn't. I remember the VW symbol very distinctly being one complete, you know, and now it's separated. That's just a small one, you know. And and of course, you know, if you look at Ed McMahon, and I've done a whole show, we've done two shows like on the Mandela effect. But if you look at Ed McMahon, they're like, he wasn't the prize patrol. I was like, yes, he was, because that was everybody's dream was for him to come from Publishers Clearinghouse and knock on your door. Yeah. And they're like, oh, he never worked for Publishers Clearinghouse. Okay. The Monopoly guy. He had a monocle. He never had a monocle. That never happened. Well, yeah, now in this uh, bizarro yeah, world that a, we're living in. A friend in, of mine has the game and he has the monocle. Oh, see, there are, there is that. Now, there is residue. That's what we call yeah. residue. And yeah. I even saw like a uh, – I saw a map. Oh, Barton, I was going to tell you about this the other day when we were talking. Uh, there was a map that I saw where South America was like directly below North America. And I thought, dude – and before I left, I didn't even take the picture. And I was like, I was going to take a picture of it because to me that's residue. And I can't even, I, I, you know, a million dollars you go back and it's not there. And then they're going to say, oh, you're just, your mind's playing tricks on you, blah, blah, blah. Because some of right. these sheeple, they're so determined to buy into this whole thing. Um, and, and most of those people wouldn't even get through the first episode with, with you and me and Barton Patrick. So yeah. it doesn't matter anyway. They're not even going to be this far in. So, yeah, they would think we're all crazy. Yeah, they're already dropped out. They're done. Because they'd be like, oh, my God, they're talking about demons and stuff. That's crazy, you know. Yeah. They're not going to be, you know, oh, these are some two guys that believe in Bigfoot and stuff, talking to this other crazy <laughs> guy about exorcisms. Let's get out of here. <laughs> you know, so they're going to be gone. You know, it's not going to matter. But yeah. the thing is, they you can't prove it because you're going like, I know – a hundred percent, but then they're like, well, memory is very fallible. But when you have thousands and thousands of people, I'm in this one Mandela group, it's like 800,000 people in it. And we're all crazy. There's like a million people. They're just crazy. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I, I, my gut on that is that it has to do with CERN. I've always felt that, but, um, there's, I was too, I was just trying to think who it was. Okay. I remember hearing that Dick Van Dyke died. Uh, yeah. Is, because I remember hearing that he died, mm -hmm. and then they have that commercial he's on now. It's like an infomercial, 
And uh, that was going on, and then I heard he died, and I remember thinking, I wonder if they'll keep him on that infomercial or refilm it. And, and now they're acting like he's still alive. And I'm like, okay, whatever. I swore that I heard he passed away. Yeah, I, I, I did too. That, that's the other thing. People say Patrick Swayze, he's died twice. The Queen, they're saying this is the third time she's died. Now Mandela, the re, the, the effect is named after, he's died three times. Um, it just goes on and on and on. I mean, there's just so many. I've, I've found so many Mandela effects. And I, I'm, I'm a very observant person. And I have um, an, a condition. I, have, I, I don't know what you, if you guys have ever heard of synesthesia. Um, yeah, I'm like a synesthete. And so what it is is like I add numbers uh, adhere to colors and certain smells and things like that. I associate with certain numbers and things. I don't, my wife, it's funny because my wife is, is a full blown synesthete and I have a mild version of it, but I also have a photographic memory. Now that doesn't work. The diagnosis of it was given when I was like 16. Now I, I don't, it doesn't work the way people think like, oh, you're supposed to be able to remember every single thing that happens. That's not how it works. There's different versions of it. And mine, people ask me how I can remember people's stories and people will tell me their story if I put a, a set it to record you know what i mean like i make my my brain hyper focused on what you're saying um it, it, it will take i will absorb absorb it and it'll be probably 90 something percent accurate yeah and and you know but it, you have to actually turn the record button on you know um yeah. so, so, or hit the record button that's basically put it that way so you take a picture, like a photograph in your mind, like you can look like I distinctly remember certain things like like when I was a kid going to Port Aransas and I remember the ocean and I remember like scenes of the waves coming in and it's like it was perfectly uh, embedded in my mind. It's indelibly burned into your mind. Um, everybody has a little bit of that, but mine is kind of extreme. Um, I also have a very high IQ. And that's just, I hate when people, because somebody's going to go, oh, you're over there bragging about his IQ. You know, and, they, and then they're going to, the peanut gallery comes out. Um, I've had hours of conversation with Barton. Barton knows this is the truth. And, and I do have information like uh, a computer um, because I've committed right. it to my mind. And Barton, you've mentioned that before. I've had people tell me, oh, you should be a professor. Uh, one of the great compliments right. I got from Ron Murphy. Ron Murphy, and when you hear Ron talk, he is so smart. I mean, he is a he's a genius, and he talks like this, and he sounds like a professor from The Simpsons. And you're like, dude, and and I'm not mocking him. I mean, he's a cool dude, but he's and he's so smart. But at the end of our 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 uh, re recording, he was telling me you should be a professor, you know. And I was like, well, I dropped out as in college and became successful, so I can't do that. But you know, I told him, I said, I can't, you know, I can't be a professor. Um, but I do teach. I mean, you know, and, and I had someone tell me, she's like, your students will come to you. And so when they come to the show, they learn, you, you learn a lot about things and, you know, and so that, that's, that's part of the whole deal here is trying to open up people's minds in a good way and influence them in, in a good way, you know, because it seems like what's going on now is everybody's trying to out evil each other. And I just got so tired of that. I'm like, look at all this darkness going on, you know? And that's why another reason why after I had that that experience with, with seeing my grandmother, um, I dropped out of that. I just like, you know what? 
everybody's trying to be more badder than the next guy. I would like to be the good guy and try to stop all this. You know, one man can't do it alone. And that's the whole point of this show that we're doing now, me and Barton working together, try to bring a little bit of enlightenment to people so that they can see, wake up, dude, look at what's going on. And I don't mean woke. I mean, awake. Yeah. Two totally yeah. different things. Woke, woke culture is BS and awake is where you need to be. And, and, you know, I, I had a Christian, a really devout Christian the other day. She was telling me, she goes, well, what does it matter? Jesus is going to come and save us all anyway. I was like, uh, that's not really how you should look at it because our duty is still to try to get as many people on board the ship before right. it sets sail. So just sitting back and waiting for Jesus to take care of you and take care of all these problems. And then she's like, well, I'm not going to face the judgment or the tribulation. I was like, yes, you are. You wouldn't be here. If you weren't well, supposed to be here, who would have thought we would be where we're at right now before the rapture happened 20 years ago? Yeah. I mean, honestly, like we're having stuff happen now that you read the left behind books and it's like, man, real life's more messed up than the stuff they were portraying in that time, you know, as fiction, but based on what they thought the tribulation would be like. And we're having this stuff and we're having it happen in real life. I yeah, mean, it, it, it's, it's crazy. I've had people try to explain that to me too with the Tulpa effect. They're like, well, you know, God exists because millions and billions of people believe that he exists. And just like with Allah. And I said, yeah, that there is, there is some truth to that. Not in, in the way that people think though. Um, I do believe that there is a, a, a higher power that, that has the, the, the balance of good and ha and his, he sent Christ, his son and the Holy spirit to pull us out of this period that we're in. Um, and I do believe in that. That's a hundred percent. But I also know that that worship and and obsessing on these demons or these gods or goddesses or whatever you want to call them um, does give them power because you're giving them energy. Because there have been experiments. I know everybody's heard about it, and, and where tulpas uh, are real, where pe a bunch of people come together and 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 focus their energy on something, and they create like something out of their mind. Um, and so the Tulpa effect is very real, but like I explained to this person, I was like, God is not a Tulpa created by our image. And our, I mean, the image is in our mind because a billion people believe in it, whatever you do give more energy to that, but you can do the same thing with Satan. And that's what's happened is he's had, he's got so many followers now that not only are they, uh, doing it indirectly, but they're just directly flat out serving him because they figured out, hey, to get the goodies in this war in this life, let's just go follow this guy, and and the, he'll give us what we want. But it's a sucker's deal because you're not going to get. It's not a long term plan, believe me. Yeah, um, and, you and, can, and the thing is, you don't you don't know when he's going to cash in on his end of the bargain either. Oh yeah, I mean, you know, you might have eighty years. Who knows? Ninety years as a decrepit old mummy. <laughs> you know, but yeah. at the end, you know, you're still going to pay the price will, you know, it's going to come due and the ruination of man's souls is, is the, is the key because, you know, even if you believe like my, you know, one of my former friends, ex-girlfriend, which is now, I think he's his ex-girlfriend now, uh, I don't know, I lost touch with him, but, um, she was talking about the Kabbalah and, you know, and even if you believe like her. You know the debt will still come due, and I and I, I was like trying to tell him and like to explain, um, 
a little bit about what I knew, but then then I took a deep dive into it and then started reading it. And I don't suggest people read any of these books or manuscripts unless you know you're really prayed up and you're somebody who can handle the information without being seduced by it. Because it's very easy to be it's seductive, you know, to be seduced by these false religions and these false beliefs. And and but they do have um there is a power there. It's not a good power, you know, but it, it, it there is a power there. But if you if you look at like what they believe, you're going like, okay, I can see where they're coming from with that. And maybe some of that's true, but it still doesn't mean that you should go and dabble in it or mess with it because it's, it's, it's like a shortcut, you know, to try to get what you want and you may get what you want, but it's just like a credit card. There's the bill is still going to be waiting for you at the end. That's right. Charge it all you want. And I just tell people all the time to stay away from that. And Kabbalistic magic is really, really big right now in Hollywood. It's oh, yeah. it's rife with it, dude. And and when I see the imagery and everything else, I'm like, yep, that's from the Kabbalah because I can see it. You know, I'm like, you know, and it's 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 this mysticism that everybody's like just searching for. You know, and and I believe that a lot of these creatures that are running around loose. You know, uh, basically from people's minds, the 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 the, the, the mindscape, you know, has created a lot of this stuff. But they're they're giving it power by literally worshiping and obsessing over it. Um, I had this one guy who told me he wanted to see a dog man. He goes, I want to see one so bad. I want to see one so bad. And he posted on Facebook. He goes, I think about dog man ten to twelve times a day. And I'm like, oh, that's great. That's wonderful. Let's keep giving this thing power. Instead of talking about the the truth about this thing and the horrificness of it, you know, these people have put it on some sort of pedestal where it's like some sort of superhero, some sort of amazing uh, creature, and they post pictures of it and they think it's really cool and it's it's like this. And, and some of them are delusional enough, and they've told me and Barton this, and Barton, you know this, they they think that it protects them or that they can talk to it and and. You know, right. it's like Dog Man's their friend. They give it food and, and you know, I mean. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, the, the interesting thing about that is, um, well, two things. is Haven't there been sightings of things like that at Skinwalker Ranch? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And, and, and isn't that, um, like, I believe that, that there's a lot of, uh, like, witchcraft that's involved with everything that's going on there. Um, so that I, I think it was on Zach Bagans. They were talking about that and they went there and they found, they actually found where somebody going into where they knew they were going to investigate and done rituals right before they went in. So I think that either way that could be really bad, but why in the world, uh, why would somebody want to mess with something like that? I don't get it. And the other thing, you remember the case, I think the guy's last name was Ramsey, but he was, um, he was a guy that the Ed and Lorraine Warren dealt with that was possessed. Um, I keep thinking it was in New in in uh, England, I believe. But um, he was like taking on the like the appearance of, of a, a wolf werewolf. and everything else. Is that what you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. werewolf. Yeah, yeah. So, and and it was it was demon possession. They had to cast it out of him. Okay, folks. So that's going to do it for this episode. Uh, tune into the next episode where I return with my guests and with Barton Nunley. And thank you for listening to PRT. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Good night. Good night.